0: That's a clown question, bro. Hi, Mr. So I'm going to kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Christian. To The other voice on the podcast is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, it has been about 40 hours or so.
1: And I'm still trying to process the ending of game four of the 2020 World Series.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, one of the most legendary plays in... Games, just the whole game. A great game and one of the most legendary endings to a game, to a World Series game we've ever, ever we've ever seen.
1: That's right, but we will get to that game later. We should just get right into it today. So we went into our last show previewing games four, five, three, four, and five, hoping that we would be previewing at least a game six. And we are going to preview a game six today, maybe a yeah. game seven. But game three, uh, you have Charlie Morton versus Walker Buehler. Um, I'm just going to say it. I, I underestimated Walker Buehler uh, in this start. Uh, I will hand it to him. He went six in the third index pitch, three hits, one run. Uh, 10 strikeouts, and I don't believe he walked anyone.
0: Yeah, Walker Buehler at this point seems to have found it. Yeah. um, He definitely found it. He, he definitely started to find it in game six of the NLCS, mm-hmm. and I think now He did he walk is, one guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's – but in his last two starts, only one walk. That's where some <laughs> of the issues were lying, and uh, he definitely seems to have found it in his last two starts. Yeah. Both of his last two starts were six innings, um, and both of them had just one walk or less. And so, only one earned run between the two combined. And only one earned run. So, you know, that's a guy that uh, definitely a guy you want in game seven and definitely a guy that he looks like he looked in his last postseason for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was nails in 2019. Not that, you know, obviously it was not his fault they lost in the first round was there in game one he goes six six shutout innings next time he goes six and two third with one earned run and I mean the you know he he had it working in game three I mean everything was going very well for him he shut down the Rays offense and he led the Dodgers to a six two win take a two one
0: series lead yeah and I mean it doesn't usually it it doesn't really matter 10 strikeouts in one walk is going to translate to success Mm, yeah 99 out of about out of a hundred times yes uh and that's that's what he did he dominated the fastball was working especially for him i should probably actually yeah they do have the um the pie charts here on baseball savant and yeah it's looking like he used the the fastball 63 percent of the time yeah um i don't know what he usually has in that i could look into that but it seemed to be like john smoltz was saying it was exploding out of his hand
1: yeah I mean he just had he just had everything working the fastball he used about fifty three percent of the time during the regular season so um he did he was using it a little more and it works because I mean he's obviously got the velocity and even the movement on that thing to make it work so I mean you can't blame him
0: yeah it it uh it has a lot of velocity it spins well and it, yeah it seemed to be working for him um I'm wondering what percentage of the strikeouts came on the fastball, but it doesn't really matter because he was setting it up well. Um, anyway, could be, could have been used for the first and second strike as well. So, yeah, Bueller looked great. Charlie Morton kind of surprised us. Did not look great. No, he was...
1: I was not expecting – I mean, I went into that start started thinking, like, this guy has such a great, you know, track record in the postseason, even against the Dodgers. You know, if you remember, he was the one who closed out the 2017 World Series pitching, what was it, like four innings in relief of McCullers or something like that? well, yeah. McCullers only went two innings that start. But point is, Charlie Morton, great postseason success, great postseason success against the Dodgers. Yeah, in that game seven, four innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, four strikeouts and a World Series winner, and he comes out in game four, or I'm sorry, game three. And, well, I wasn't expecting four in a third inning, seven hits, five runs, one walk, and six strikeouts with a home run and a hit by pitch, Uh, but here we are. Uh, The Dodgers just got to him. He was missing a lot of his locations. Uh, Velocity, he's not really a velocity-type pitcher, so that obviously wasn't his problem. The movement seemed fine. He was just mislocating a lot.
0: Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, if you're looking at Savant, there's some there's some balls that got a bit of plate, but the Dodgers also did their job for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very talented lineup. It's unlike any lineup that Morton has seen this postseason. It's better than the the Yankees, I would argue, and yeah, uh, you know, the Dodgers definitely did their job and uh, did exactly what they were trying to do, not what they were supposed to. I mean, I guess you know. Against Morton, you're you're not looking to score five runs, but that's exactly what they did. See, it's it was uh pretty surprising. Just a random thing I just found. This is completely unrelated.
1: The Rays have not made a single error all series. That is true. That is crazy.
0: Yeah, because yeah, zero errors in uh in five games. I mean, I guess it,
1: on the biggest stage too.
0: Yeah, I guess it can happen, but yeah, they you know they play the game, they play the game, right? They do for sure. They, they're not going to They Yeah. You're not going to see the rays beating themselves uh, normally. I mean, I think
1: it's, I think it sort of goes without saying, I guess we'll we'll get into this after game five, but it showed in game three that the Dodgers are such a talented team, probably more. They might be the most talented team in all of baseball. They are the best talented team in all of baseball. Yeah. Let's just call it like it is. Um. And, you know, I think with where we're at in this series, I think it's, pretty well concluded that the 60 game season is not going to really have an effect on the the outcome of you know the world series like i think both yeah. of these teams have earned it even in a 162 game setting so i'm glad we don't have to deal with that all, all offseason
0: yeah exactly like i don't think there were any especially with the expanded playoffs there aren't a lot of what ifs of who could have been in yeah. the playoffs like who is even the most shocking team to not make the playoffs like the nationals I don't know the nationals
1: maybe the Mets maybe um like not the Red Sox no not (laughs) the Red Sox certainly not like the the Tigers yeah um (laughs) actually the Diamondbacks that's the that's the one
0: yeah the Diamondbacks yeah who knows like I mean they were an 86 win team Chris you had them in the
1: NLCS I
0: had them in the NLCS (laughs) but I had them as the sixth seed as well yeah um I had, the, I had them doing well in the postseason, but not necessarily the regular season. Just a second-place team. I
1: would say the Diamondbacks or the Nationals are the most surprising games not to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, but I think over a 162-game season, they're probably around 500 and not making the playoffs anyway. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, the two best teams are in the World Series, uh, luckily, and it's kind of been reflected in this World Series. It's so tight. They're so evenly matched. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, so game three. Uh, I don't really know if I have anything else to say other than uh, what Corey Seager and Justin Turner are absolute madmen. Uh, Corey Seager left that game with an 11.53 OPS in the World Series. If you think that's good, uh, just wait till we we get going on games four and five.
0: Yeah, the, these two were oh, absolutely oh, we had the, crazy. Uh,
1: this was the game when Austin Barnes did the uh, the small ball. He did the he did the safety squeeze to score a run.
0: Oh and yeah, from there hit the home run. Yeah. Oh yeah, he uh hit the solo home run. Yeah. Um rod was going nuts <laughs> as a yeah, as a in the late innings. But yeah, he's been yeah, Austin Barnes kind of went all out, kind of did everything for the for the Dodgers uh late or in that uh in that game 3. But yeah, do we want to go into Game Four? I mean, there's so much to talk about. Yeah,
1: I, let's just start from the big, very beginning. So I mentioned Justin Turner with a first inning home run in Game Three, and he did the same in Game Four. Uh, he starts it off with a with a home run with two outs, solo shot off of Ryan Yarborough. So, one nothing Dodgers quickly, and top of the second of uh, the, the second inning actually did not see any scoring from either team, which. Uh, is not going to be a common is not going to be a common thing you'll see, so top so now we head into the top of the third, and still one nothing Dodgers but then Corey Seager, like I mentioned earlier, hits a home run and makes it two nothing Dodgers. This one again off Yarborough. it was down the line lefty on lefty crime, and then from there that was also with two outs by the way. So uh, so far both the Dodgers runs are with two outs. Uh, so we'll skip then to the bottom of the fourth inning. He had been quiet all series, and I had been saying he had been suspiciously quiet. He homered off of Jansen the night before, and then Randy Orozarena gets the raise on the board with a home run to right off of Julio Arias.
0: Yeah, and Arias had looked sort of untouchable up to that point.
1: Yeah, he was looking really good.
0: Yeah, and uh,
1: he had, how many strikeouts did he have in the first? Uh, maybe five. Three innings. So he had two in the first inning, one in the second inning. Yeah, he had five. He had five strikeouts in three innings up until Orozarena hit the home run, and then so that obviously put the Rays on the board. So then top of the fifth comes around, and starts with uh with Pete Fairbanks coming in of, in relief of Ryan Thompson, uh who pitched a scoreless fourth. He gives up. A, he strikes out Mookie Betts on three pitches, which is really impressive. Then he gives up a single to Corey Seager. Wild pitch allows Seeger to go to second and then he gets Justin Turner to fly out. So now with two outs, he's got a guy on second. And Max Mudsey delivers an RBI single into right field. So that is yet another two out run for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh,
0: three three to one. Yeah, three to one now. And yeah, it's just kind of going back and forth, back and forth. Um whoops. I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a Corey Seager stat. He's he might be up there um in the postseason ranks yeah no not qu- or yeah not quite yet I'm looking time for his age yes yeah for I guess for someone his age yeah I'm looking at uh the amount of times someone has been on tw- been on base multiple times in a postseason uh Ian Kinsler surprisingly leads in a it. single postseason in a single postseason okay. yeah um Ian Kinsler surprisingly leads it with 14 games wow 14 games in 2011, he uh, reached base multiple times, and then Barry Bonds in 2002. Um, kind of surprising. Corey Seager has 11, so he still has time to tie Barry Bonds maybe. Well,
1: why don't you talk about the guy Max Muncie, who uh, drove in that RBI single to make it
0: 3-1? Yeah, Max Muncie has uh, reached base multiple times, 12, 12 times this postseason, which is kind of surprising. He's been kind of under the radar. And he is one of six players to do that. Yeah, one of six players to do that in uh, in postseason history: Kinsler, Bonds, Gary Sheffield in nineteen ninety seven, uh, A. Rod in two thousand nine, and Albert Pujols in twenty eleven.
1: So that's two people in this in the same twenty eleven postseason that have done it twice on different teams.
0: Yeah, and yeah, the uh, Max Muncy drove in that uh, base hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yes, he did. Yeah, to make it three to one.
1: Yeah. And so, then,
0: yeah, Hunter Renfro hits a, an absolute bomb. Was it, though? Uh, or, yeah, it has it. One out of 50 times, <laughs> you can see that home run getting robbed. It was a 444-foot home run. It went well into the second deck at Globe Life
1: Field, a park, mind you, that is known for keeping the ball in the park. It was an absolute no-doubter high in the zone for Renfro. And then baseball savant has the audacity to say, that that batted ball has a 980 batting average or is the expected batting average. Cause you know, I hate the 2% of the time when the outfielder just gets rocket powered jet shoes <laughs> and just jumps 40 feet in the air to rob the, rob the home run.
0: Yeah. We're, by the way, uh, Daniel and I have been playing a fun little game. Mm. Uh, it's really, really, real nerd stuff. But uh, after a batted after there's a batted ball, we like to guess the expected batting average on the ball we check baseball spawn it's a fun little thing uh, i suggest it you know it's a good family game uh maybe throw some money in there if you want to we've just been doing it for the love of the game but uh 10 out of 10 would recommend
1: yeah uh, to a friend uh, I've,
0: I've we've guessed a couple yeah we've the got eas-
1: the easiest ones to guess are if it's 010 or 1000 yep obviously so renfro that ball from renfro goes up and we were just like yeah a thousand like mm-hmm. no doubt about it 980
0: yeah Get out of here. Ninety-eight percent of the time, that's a hit. Only ninety-eight.
1: Only ninety-eight. Only 98. It, it was a four hundred forty-four foot home run.
0: Yeah, it's uh. If you
1: can, if you can show me a highlight within like the last five years of a batted ball that goes four hundred forty-four feet into fair territory, not being a hit, I would love to see it. I probably haven't before, um, and you know, I've seen a lot of baseball, so it'd be pretty interesting to see something I haven't seen before. But apparently, it is out there because. You know, 2% of the time, it happens. So if anyone has that video, I would love to see it. Please forward it to me.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah, that made it a 3-2 to two ball game. And then, uh, of course, the Dodgers answered back as they uh, usually do. Will Smith got on with a walk. Um, Cody Bellinger struck out. Then A.J. Pollock got on with a walk. Uh, Chris Taylor lined out. And then, of course, two outs. That means it's time for the Dodgers to score. And Enrique... Uh, or Kike Hernandez had to double the left to drive in yeah. Will Smith to make it four to two. It was down the left field line, uh, past a
1: third baseman, and Wendell almost made the play on it, but just it was out of his reach. Nothing he could do. Yep. But yeah, Kike Hernandez, uh, a free agent to be, cashes in to make it four two, Los Angeles. And then Mookie Betts flew out to end the inning. This inning was also against Diego Castillo because they're a bullpen game for this one. Pretty much. So, going into the bottom of the sixth, Blake Trinan comes on for the Dodgers, and he gives up a leadoff single to Randy Orozarena, walks G-Man Choi, and then strikes out Austin Meadows. And because he allowed the first two guys to reach, uh, Dave Roberts decided to waive the three-batter minimum rule on Trinan and bring in Pedro Baez, which I thought was an interesting decision. And then Baez promptly gives up on the fifth pitch, that he throws a three-run go-ahead home run to Brandon Lau, and this made it a five-four Tampa Bay lead. And mind you, it was to the opposite field. And Brandon Lau, his three home runs this postseason, which have all been in the World Series, have all been to the opposite field. He didn't have a single opposite field home run in the whole, in the whole regular season. Wow. So it's just, I guess it's a, it's a, it's an outside of the East Division thing.
0: Yeah, I guess. And you know, I guess we should talk about. Um we should analyze Pedro Baez coming into this game. Cause yeah. Oh, like at the time it seemed, it kind of seemed like the right decision. Yeah. You go, you had these stats. So go ahead. So they, they put it up on the, uh, on the broadcast heading into that. I don't know if it was in the regular season or the entire season, but heading into that plate appearance with Brandon Lau, uh, Pedro Baez uh, hitter. Left-handed batters had a 272 OPS against Pedro Baez. You know, for those unaware, the average OPS is like 740 or something like that. So he was, like, exceptional against left-handed batters. Uh, And I guess Brandon Lau was kind of the exception. And also what I will say is um, out of all the Dodgers pitchers this year to face 25 left-handed batters, Pedro Baez had the second-best Woba against left-handed batters, um, and uh, the the only guy to be better was Adam Kolarik, but they didn't want to put in Kolarik. Because, because
1: Adamas and Renfro were right after Lau.
0: Yeah, so they kind of wanted a guy that could, could pitch to all of them. Pedro Baez was that guy, and I, I guess it just didn't work out. Yeah, well, so would... if you're
1: going to be one of those people that blames Dave Roberts for bringing in Pedro Baez in that situation, don't
0: yeah it, it wasn't his worst decision. no, uh, that he's made for sure. So he gives up the home run, makes it five four, then he gets Adamus
1: and Renfro to, uh, both out. So now the Dodgers are trailing for the first time in the game, unexpected.
0: So then, the first time since game two. Yes. yeah,
1: yep. So now in the seventh inning, Aaron Loop comes in for um, the raise, which is interesting, lefty move. Uh, because he's going to face Seager and Muncy. So he gives up a single to single to Seager, a double to Turner. So, and then, so now the, the Dodgers have second and third with nobody out. Normally, this is a situation where you cash in immediately, but the Dodgers were like, oh, wait a second. We thrive with two outs. So let's just get, let's just have Ma- uh, Max Muncy and Will Smith strike out on three pitches both so we can get to two outs as quickly as possible. Yep. And then bring in, and they bring in Nick Anderson, who intentionally walks Corey Be- Cody Bellinger. So now that the Dodgers have two outs and they got a guy up, this is their time. Jock Peterson, two-run single off the glove of Lau through the shift, <laughs> scores Seager, scores Turner. Bellinger ends up making an out on the base pads. and now it is a six-five LA lead going into the seventh inning.
0: Yeah, and uh, Brandon Lau almost, almost made a, a highlight play in – yeah. almost became a, a legend for, for that and uh, could have definitely changed how the game ended. I guess the Rays won anyway, so it didn't end up mattering. But yeah, and then Pedro Baez, Pedro Baez comes out once again for the Dodgers. He doesn't have to. Interesting uh, move. And uh, he's already, I, I, I don't know how many pitches he was at, but normally you're not bringing a guy. and I, I can check. I don't think Baez is the guy who usually goes multiple innings. But he goes back out. has has
1: thrown 11 pitches in the in the inning before.
0: Yeah, 11 pitches, which is kind of a normal inning. And, you know, they, they bring him back out. He gets uh, Mike Zanino out, striking out. Zanino yet to have his weird home run.
1: Random home run per r- series. Random home
0: run of the series. Yeah. Yet to do that. And then Kevin Kiermaier comes up, and he gets a home run to right to tie the game. A line drive six. home run. Yeah.
1: This is the one nitpick you could have at Dave Roberts. Yes. And really in the whole series, not just in this game.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Was
1: keeping Pedro Baez out as long as he did. Um, So, that being said, uh, the Rays end up not scoring again for the rest of the inning. So, it is tied going into the top of the eighth. So, Chris Taylor gets an RBI double. I'm sorry, a leadoff double in the top of the eighth to leadoff. And then Kike Hernandez is like, well, we could get a runner to third with one out. But that'll make it too easy before we get to two outs. So I'm going to pop up this bunt
0: to third base. Let's make sure we get this out. Yeah, let's get to two outs. Let's make sure that the Rays don't fumble this. You know, I don't want to get on and, you know, create another one out situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he pops up the bunt to the third base side,
1: which does nobody on the Dodgers any good. Then Mookie Betts hits a sharp ground ball. Out uh, into the shift at short, so now you got two outs, guy on second. Corey Seager comes up, and as we were watching the game at this point, I tell Chris, "All right, what's going to be the expected batting up average on this inevitable Corey <laughs> Seager RBI single?" And he hits a Texas leaguer, uh, an absolute Luis Gonzalez, if you can call it that. Yes. Uh, into the, in the shallow left field, off the bat of a lefty, so it really is. And guess what? It falls and it scores a run so that makes it 7-6 LA all seven runs that the Dodgers have scored all with two outs
0: yeah crazy seven. it's yeah it, it was crazy it was kind of it drove me crazy a little bit like when are they going to stop is it ever going to stop yeah um, none of that but they never really tacked on either like yeah, there was always one exactly. big hit and then it stopped from there exactly there was no two-out rally either yeah they just they got you know their one or get your one hit they got May one. Some, hit. Maybe yeah. it'll score one. Maybe it'll score two. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, and then it was over. Yeah, it, it was over. They never. Yeah, they. It was one batter too late. No matter who for the was race. up. No matter who was up. And yeah, that made it seven to six, and uh, it was pretty much all in the Dodgers bullpen from there. So it was. So Adam Kolarek, who
1: Chris mentioned was the best uh, Dodgers pitcher against lefties, comes yep. on in the eighth to face G-Man Choi, Austin Meadows, and Brandon Lau, which is. I mean, it's perfect. It's exactly what you want to happen. So he, he walks Choi, gets Meadows to fly out, and then gets Lau to strike out, which is okay. You know, you got two outs. So then he brings in Bruzdar Gratterall, who allows a single to Willie Adams, a fly ball. It was a bloop. I was, believe it was a bloop, like that just fall fell ahead of left. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was it. But then he gets Renfro to fly out to end the inning. So now we'll skip to the top of the ninth of the bottom of the ninth here. Still 7'6. Dodgers bring in Kenley Jansen. They're closer.
0: They're close closer for a long time. Yes. Long time reliable closer. Arguably
1: the best closer of this generation.
0: Yeah. Argu- arguably. Definitely. Arguably. Definitely top three. And then it's very close at the top. It's like he and Kimbrel. Him, Kimbrel, and maybe Chapman. Chapman yeah. 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 Like we were discuss we were discussing all three of those guys for the all decade team. We were. And all of them have a good case yes. for best closer. But yeah, Kenley Jansen comes in um, and he faces Yoshi Satsugo, who just, I don't know, like he's, he's, dec- he's obviously a decent ball player, but he just didn't look like a major league baseball player in, in his at-bat. And he hasn't in any of these like pinch hitting situations.
1: Not really. I think he's one for eight this postseason.
0: Yeah. He's str- with like a, with like a, like a bunt single
1: in the Yankee series, I think.
0: Yeah. Like the, the only thing they had to do was go away from the inside half of the plate. Cause he was just trying to pull everything into the right field stands. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And they struck him out. So that, that was out number one. And then Kevin Kiermaier comes up who in his last at bat tied the game and basically blooped one into center field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like right center, right center. was hit 60 63.5 miles per hour but did have an expected batting average of 740 um so just found the right spot for sure and now there's a man on first kind of a somewhat speedy guy he had eight stolen bases this year which over a normal season is about 20 stolen bases 20 to 25 stolen bases uh in a 162 game season so maybe a threat there um and then uh, and then we got Joey Wild.
1: Joey Wild. <laughs> Joey <Yeah>. Wendell. <laughs> Who lines out.
0: Yeah. Joey an Yeah. 97.6 miles per hour off the bat, uh, but less than a 50% chance of being a hit, according to Baseball Savant. Yeah. And now we got two outs. We got two outs. A guy on first. For uh, Randy Arosa uh, Reina. This is – and, like, when this at-bat happened, we were – so excited there's like this is the matchup we need yes we need the dodgers longtime closer arguably maybe the one of the best closers of the previous decade and you got the hottest hitter in the Rays lineup in the world yeah and it's and then eventually in the at-bat it's like they could just kind of walk him (laughs) and they did they didn't really need to pitch to him and they did yeah and they uh they walked him yeah on uh Seven pitches on, a, on seven pitches. That was a good at bat. Yeah, at uh, bat he had some. Him. He had some
1: really good takes in that at bat.
0: Yeah. So Now, yeah, I think there was a fastball like right off the uh, right off the plate that he took. I think he. I think he started behind. Did he start behind in yeah. that at bat? Yeah. He started behind and then he worked himself into a walk to bring up none other than
1: Brett Maverick Phillips. Brett
0: Phillips. Now who, let me tell you about Brett Phillips. Let's do. Yeah, let's do this.
1: Brett Phillips was currently in his fourth organization uh, since 2014. He was drafted by the Astros, was later moved to the Brewers uh, in their organization in the minors, and was a decently touted prospect. And if you recall, uh, he was famous for having this just crazy, just like high-pitched squeal of a laugh that that he just had all these viral videos of him laughing, and that was just what he was known for. He was just the funny laugh guy. Yeah. Spent some time with the Brewers. In two years, has a 743 OPS uh, with a 257 batting average. Not bad. So then in Kansas City, Mike Mustakis is, is on the block. He goes to Milwaukee. Brett Phillips goes over to Kansas City. He spends a few years over in Kansas City, has a 564 OPS, obviously not nearly as good. And just about uh, in late August, right before the trade deadline, went over to Tampa Bay, just because, why not? And he had two plate appearances in the postseason prior to this game. Uh, both of them were just outs. Uh, he had not reached base at all in the, in the entire postseason. He had uh, one at-bat in ALDS game two, one at-bat in ALDS game three. He struck out. Uh, uh, and then two pinch running appearances. So this is only his third at-bat.
0: And what does he do, Chris? Well, let's let's look let's look at the at bat. I'm trying to get uh I think I could get yeah. game day. Um it's on it's on plays. But yeah, we'll see. Is this Brett Phillips? Oh yes. yeah, this is Brett Phillips. So first pitch takes a ball inside, 1-0. Second pitch, Kenley Jansen gets a nice call on a cutter. Kind of gets the outside corner, Good good frame by Will Smith. You know, Will Smith. He's good behind the plate. Great catch, great defensive catch. Yes, for sure. That's why they have him there. And then the third pitch. Third pitch is, according to MLB.com, a sinker uh, on the outside corner. Another Kenley-friendly call. And then to put him away, he throws a cutter. That was and, meant to go high in the zone. Meant to go high in the zone for him to chase. But it ends up going in the middle in ninth of the stretch it was zone between the
1: six and nine quadrant yes with the left-handed batter
0: yes and phillips takes it and places it right into center field at an expected batting average of 930 and uh, that's going to drive in the tying run that's going to make it a seven to seven ball game that's right <laughs> before then now before the game cody bellinger
1: reigning mvp Fantastic defensive player just mysteriously scratched from center field at yeah. the start of the game might be because of that celebration injury he had in the ALCS might be because he just wasn't feeling that well but Cody Bellinger was not in center field this night, even though he was originally supposed to be
0: yeah, interesting, I, you know, before the game when that happened I said this probably isn't going to have much of an effect. It's yeah. not going to make or break the game. I remember we were, we were eating dinner. I was just like,
1: oh, huh, Corey, Cody Bellinger's not playing center. He's yeah. DHing. Weird. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, how was your day? Anyway, Chris Taylor is the actual center fielder, and he botches the ball, as Matt Faskersen would say in MLB The Show. <laughs> yeah. And Rosarena, now, you know, he's quick, and he's going to try and steal the winning run. So the uh, – the throw comes into home, actually comes to the cutoff man, Max Muncy at first, and the camera zooms out and a is nowhere to be found. Yes. And I'm just like, okay, he must have gone back. It zooms out even more and he's just in the middle of the base path, just a sitting duck. And as I'm watching him, I'm so confused as to what happens. And all of a sudden, the throw from Muncy into Smith gets away and a scores the winning run
0: for Tampa and Tampa ties the series. It was, oh my, I don't think, I, I don't know if I've ever been that excited it was, a new, I, in a neutral game, in a game that the Red Sox aren't playing. I went through 12 different emotions in five seconds. Yeah, it was, it, what a great moment for, for baseball.
1: So a Rosarena tripped over himself because just because he was flying so fast. He pulled to Daniel Jones. He pulled to Daniel Jones on the way home. <laughs> and what's interesting is, First of all, Kenley was – did you see what Kenley was doing during the play? Uh, he was not backing up home. He was not backing up home at all, which not that it would have mattered because yeah. he would have been backing up, like, on the linear between first base and the catcher and the mm-hmm. ball. So what happened was Will Smith didn't know where the runner was, so he just tried to, like, do it like the catch and the swipe swipe tag all in one motion, and he kind of just did everything too quickly and let the ball get away and then it bounced off the umpire's foot and went the opposite direction so even if kenley was backing up it wouldn't have really made a difference but still you have to back up in that situation uh it was just a whirlwind of events and the rays ended up winning uh, as the rays broadcast said there's your dan johnson moment and it's brett phillips
0: yeah mm-hmm. and for those unaware dan johnson was the one who hit a three-run game-tying home run in game 162 of 2011. In the which, bottom of the ninth. In the bottom of the ninth, which led to extra innings, which led to the Rays uh, winning and uh, taking the wild card spot. Yeah. Last year that there was not a wildcard game, mm-hmm. 2011. But anyway, yeah, Brett Phillips has his legendary postseason moment. Who knows if that'll ever happen again.
1: Yeah, it might not ever again.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Lightning is going to strike twice with Brett Phillips, but the Rays won. The Rays mm-hmm. won in game four, and we were very happy about it because we did not want the season, uh, the possibility of a season ending on Sunday, especially, yeah. especially with this series.
1: And it was, I mean, it was just an all-around great game. An 8-7 final, so many lead changes, so many two-out rallies. The Dodgers just wouldn't go away and the Rays just wouldn't go away. It was just a matter of who was the last ups. And that happened to be the Rays.
0: Yeah. Is, and with this uh, whole pandemic situation, it may like I've looked at, I've watched like playoff games this year about like, which, which of these games am I going to be able to rewatch like in an off season? Mm-hmm. And this is it's probably number one. This is number one on the list so far. Yeah. Number one on the list so far. This was an
1: instant classic and it's, going to be the game of the year probably
0: yeah for sure no doubt about it uh it yeah it tops it tops the Yankees Indians game game from earlier in this uh postseason which seems like forever ago yeah <laughs> uh, crazily enough
1: yeah remember? yeah like remember that time the Brewers were in the postseason <laughs> yeah yeah remember that time the Cardinals were in the postseason remember yeah. that time the uh Cubs. The, the Blue Jays were in the postseason the Reds, the Reds. <laughs> yeah remember that time Remember the White Sox were in the postseason? Yeah. Remember when Lucas Giolito, like, shoved in game one? We were like, man, this is a team that could make a serious playoff run. Yeah. (laughs) Remember when the Twins disappointed us? Yeah.
0: Uh, It's – it it seems like forever ago, even though it was only – A month ago. A month, even less. Uh, But, yeah, an all-time classic. And it seemed like the Rays had all the momentum heading into game five. um, Maybe – and, you know – it put a lot. It like it put so much op- pressure on the Dodgers. All eyes went to number twenty-two mm-hmm. on the Los Angeles Dodgers because um, we we pre- we previewed it um, on our uh, Monday show. on our last show, our Friday episode, where we said either way, Game Five is going to be huge for Clayton Kershaw. It's either going to be an opportunity to clinch the World Series, him saving the team from getting eliminated, or a big momentum swing from uh game five is so huge when it's 2-2 when it's 2-2 it's huge and the best pitchers like just doing just doing history episodes we know that the best pitchers thrive in these opportunities like madison bumgarner sandy koufax greg maddox greg maddox yes they have been able to uh take andy bennis (laughs) yeah andy bennis uh they've been able to to pat (laughs) Henkin. they've been able to you know give their team the momentum that's right and uh Clayton Kershaw Clayton Kershaw is facing Tyler Glass now both kind of shaky in their own right Clayton Kershaw not trending shakily but we all know how he's fared in these situations and Tyler Glass now has been uh shaky in his last couple starts uh, yeah and uh the Dodgers strike early
1: yeah so Betts hit a leadoff double uh and then Seager hit a RBI single and so within 10 pitches, it was one nothing Dodgers. Later mm-hmm. on in the inning, Cody Bellinger hit another two-out ground ball. That scored a run. It was a single because it was, like, right into the shift where uh, the infielders had to make a diving play. So immediately it's 2 nothing. And then in the second inning, Jock hits a home run to make it 3 nothing. And then in the, the third, uh, Kershaw gets Kevin Kiermeyer to hit a single. It was a weird ground ball, like, right in front of home where it was like a chopper that he just beat out. Uh, and then he got Zanino to strike out. And then Yandy Diaz, the leadoff guy, comes up, hits an RBI triple down the right field line, and then a Rosarena uh, tomahawks a single into,
0: into left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Randy and Rosarena, uh, he identified that there was a big strike zone that night. Yes. And uh, he took advantage of it. He, yeah, exactly. There was, a,
1: there was like a curveball at his helmet. Yeah. And he, like, tomahawked it into left field. It was like he was RBI playing field.
0: Fruit Ninja yes. with the baseball.
1: Yeah.
0: And so uh, hits it into left, yeah.
1: Going into, four, going into the fourth, it's a 3-2 Dodgers lead. So, we're going to look at the bottom of the fourth here because this was – this was inning was just so many things happened for an inning that ended up the way it did with runs. Yeah. So, Manny Margot gets a leadoff walk. And then with Hunter Renfro batting, he steals second – The throw goes into right field. Manny Margot (laughs) sees the throw in right, decides to wait like three seconds and then go to third. Yeah, And he just barely makes it. Like I thought he could have been out on that replay.
0: Yeah, he had the decisiveness of a squirrel in the middle of the road, uh, Mm -hmm. wondering which direction he should go before getting hit by a car. And yeah, that's exactly what Manny Margot did. But I was surprised at... uh, how he was able to actually get in on time yeah and you know I th- I th- he might have stayed on well it's, I, I thought he it's, popped off i think it's inconclusive they labeled it inconclusive yeah <laughs> so and by
1: the way hunter renfro also walked so now it's second and third or first and third i'm sorry with nobody out
0: and it are like in our in the in the dorm room, we're like, "Oh, this is when it happens." This is it. This, this is when Kershaw. This is when the meme re- revives itself once again. Yeah, this is when Kershaw blows it. and yeah. gives the Rays the momentum for the series. Oh, yeah.
1: So Joey Wendell hits a soft pop up to short, not deep enough to score a run. Yep. And then William Diamond strikes out. And the, so Wendell, now, so the Wendell
0: pop up also on a very well located pitch. It busted it. Yeah, busted it him, him on the hands. It wasn't even like bad hitting on. Wendell's part
1: so now you got two outs Kershaw could get out of this jam but Kevin Kiermaier's up this is the Rays franchise player he homered off Kershaw
0: yeah he's doing, game he's doing one. well as of late he
1: homered last night this is this is the situation where Kevin Kiermaier could really turn the series on his head but then Manny Margot <laughs> tries a straight steal of home the first attempt at a straight steal at home in the world series since 2002 and he's out by like an
0: inch he was so close to making it he was very close was very close and uh i love that he went for it like even if he was out yeah because i mean and what was what was the count when that happened do you it was it say it was oh and 01 0-1. so i guess he's ahead but still you know it's oh one and uh yeah actually mlb vault uh, posted a video where that exact same thing happened in 2015. Yeah, in with Carlos Gomez. Yeah, and Kershaw got him out. So I guess I I said uh, at the time like Kershaw's probably never seen that happen, but apparently he did. If uh, you're gonna, 5 years ago. I
1: think I think Margot was trying to get him to buck. If you're going to do that, don't do it off of a 33-year-old really experienced pitcher. Like he obviously knows what he's doing. Do it against like Arias.
0: Yeah. But, you know, Kershaw uniquely has that very long setup to his set so um he he tried it out didn't he failed he was so close though very very close if
1: like if he had an if kershaw took like an extra like half second even like
0: a quarter second or if like brett phillips is on third base yeah that's a run yeah probably a run yeah i mean he was it was like an inch away yeah um who knows how that would have changed the game I guess we'll never know but it ended up being uh three to three to two uh after four kershaw kind of tiptoes his way out of that situation and then max muncie hits an absolute shot
1: which broke baseball savant (laughs) we still don't have the data on that home run but after that it started glitching out they started misspelling people's names they started mixing people's pictures up joey wendell was now joey wild which is his new nickname now for us (laughs) joey wild joey wild baby yep and so uh, that was it for scoring for the rest of the game. Yeah, And uh, I would just like to point out a few moves that uh, Dave Roberts made because for, for all the slack he's gotten about the moves he makes, he deserves the credit for when he does, does well. So he takes out Kershaw in the sixth for Dustin May after he gets two consecutive one-pitch outs. Questionable, but guess what? Dustin May ends up pitching uh, an inning in two-thirds, only giving up one base runner on a single to Kiermaier.
0: And you pointed out, Dave Roberts said before the game he would be facing about 21 batters. And he faced exactly 21 Exactly batters. 21. Yeah. So they, they had a plan in place because, like, they probably see the lineup, and it's like, yeah, maybe I don't want – or I guess – Maybe you don't face, want him facing Margot again. Yeah, yeah. Margot and Renfro, as pointed you know, those out are, Those are former
1: Padres, so they have experience off of him. Yeah. You don't want to give them to them three times.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so then
1: Dustin May gets into the second out of the bottom of the eighth and then Victor Gonzalez comes in, gets, an, gets two outs uh, in the eighth and then Blake Trinan comes in and closes it out. So really good bullpen management there from Dave Roberts, especially with the heartbreak the night before. And the Dodgers are up three games two, and they are one game away at home, at quote-unquote home, from clinching their first World Series in 32 years
0: yeah um and Clayton Kershaw is a giant part of it and I'm, I'm pretty happy about it yeah um he's not like a guy it's funny when he does choke but sometimes. you also want to see it be better yeah you but like it's wholesome to see him uh be a part of them being a head three two he
1: is a two nine three ERA this postseason
0: yeah two nine three this and world I, series I'm and sorry this is uh besides 2015 when he only made two starts it's the only postseason he's, he's had an era below three
1: and this is the one where you could win it
0: yeah and he could win it and um you know you could see him out there in game seven too if there is a game seven if uh yeah indeed if there is a game seven but I hope yeah. it is. Um, i think this series deserves
1: to go seven it should like after i'll the- say that for every postseason series that has a chance of going seven, but this series should go seven. But, I mean uh, – In the World Series, Clayton Kershaw
0: has a 2 ERA. And, like, after – can you imagine if after the Rays win on that play in game four, they lose two straight? That just doesn't seem right. Yeah. It no. doesn't seem – it, it's very anticlimactic. The baseball guys aren't going to – Also, the Rays know.
1: are, like, very – have been very good this postseason after a loss – I think the only times they've lost after a loss are when the Astros almost came back.
0: Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they didn't lose twice in a row against the Yankees. Nope. And they have yet to lose. Twice in a row to the Dodgers. Twice in a row to the Dodgers. Yeah, it's been back and forth. And in game
1: six, we got a rematch of game two. We have Tony Gonsolin and we have Blake Snell. Uh, Snell is going to have to shove because the Dodgers have scored at least four runs in every single game this series.
0: Yeah. And
1: so you're going to need to keep that off. You don't like the offense. You got to give the offense. I mean, obviously you're playing for your life now, but you got to give the offense like a chance, like a decent chance because you know, they've scored, they've scored uh, at least. uh, They scored at least six runs in three of the five games. I mean,
0: I'm looking at this Dodgers lineup. I'm looking at two, three, four. Yeah. Corey Seager, 471 average, 1432 OPS this postseason. Justin Turner, three sixty four average, twelve oh nine OPS this postseason. This is World Series only. This is World Series only. Yes. I, I thought uh Seager. No. Okay. This is this
1: is World Series. only.
0: But World Series still. Yeah. Four seventy one with fourteen thirty two OPS for Seager. Um. Oh yeah, because of the Kershaw numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Turner, three sixty four average, twelve oh nine OPS in this World Series, and Max Muncy, three eighty nine average with an eleven thirty three, OPS. This postseason, so World Series, or this this World Series, yeah. Um, it's it's real like you're gonna have to go right through through those guys. You can't walk all three. Yeah, so, and luckily
1: they they do have a lefty pitcher against two of those three guys being lefty.
0: Yeah, uh, but Turner and, has also
1: hit first inning home runs in two in two games.
0: Yeah. Um. Actually, I should look at how Snell did against those three. Last time. Maybe they weren't exactly on the same track. I'll get it.
1: I'll get it. So uh well let's look at this here. In the first inning, I think he um, pitched three times. He got Seeger to fly out and then struck out Turner, and then he walked Muncie. Okay. Not not the worst thing in the world. And then he gets and then the next time he round, he strikes out Seeger, gets Turner, Turner to fly out, then strikes out Muncie. And then the next time they come around. Uh he only faced Seager and he allowed a single. So only one hit combined in six at bats.
0: Yeah. And Snell Snell was definitely on. Seven
1: at bats, something like that.
0: Snell was definitely six, on in his uh in his last outing. Yeah. And uh you kind of need him to be like that again.
1: I mean this is where, yeah, like also you're gonna need Nick Anderson to step up and be better than he's been this whole postseason, really. You're gonna have the main guys in the stable, like the first two guys out of that bullpen, I can assure you. Are going to be Nick Anderson and Pete Fairbanks, who have been two of your biggest relievers this entire postseason. Mm -hmm. So.
0: And like I would say, I would say the off day is equally as good for the Rays as it is the Dodgers. Absolutely. Um, Because the Rays, you want the whole stable for an elimination game. And then the Dodgers, I think Dustin May uh, could play a big factor uh, in game six. He pitched 30 pitches on uh, Sunday. And usually that account, usually you need one day rest after that. Today is that one day rest. And then he'll probably be, I'd assume he's going to go out there. I don't know uh, how long you expect. Tuesday. I don't know how you, how long you expect
1: Tony Gonsolin to be out there, but the fact that you had him go one and a third and last outing, you're, I think you're going to need to up that. I don't know if the Dodgers are planning on making this a bullpen game again, but it didn't work for them last time. Um, so what do you think? I mean, what do you think? Gonsolin needs to do this. This game,
0: um, Gonsolin I mean, I haven't been paying too close attention to um, his outings. I mean, it just seemed like they they had a, a short leash on him. Last start, he yeah. only gave up one hard hit ball, and it ended up it ended up being a homer. Yeah, and he walked a guy. Um, I mean, I don't know. He he's. But they haven't shown a lot of trust in him.
1: All and even like the one outing where he has gone above two innings this postseason was a five-run, four-in-the-third inning outing against the Braves.
0: Yeah, in order for him to go beyond, I mean, uh, I can't, I, I can't imagine him going like much further beyond the first time through the lineup. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in order in order for him to go beyond like the second inning, he'll have to be basically perfect maximum one base runner allowed because dave roberts clearly doesn't have faith in him no uh yeah that's pretty much gonsolin and the gonsolin being the game six pitcher it brought, it brought a lot of you know discussion, discussion i don't really know i don't really know who what else the dodgers could have gone with this so i don't think i blame them too much The <laughs> there there's a there's some campaigning for there was some campaigning for Walker Bueller to go on short no, rest, but no, 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 I, I no, no, disagree no. with that. You're I not disagree trailing. with that
1: too.
0: You're not trailing in this series. You you give him the full rest and no. Let Walker Bueller be Walker Bueller in a potential
1: game seven. And you know what? Maybe if you have a lead in game six, maybe you bring Walker Buehler th- in then.
0: Yeah, because there there is a balance of playing to win and playing not to lose. I don't think this is a playing not to lose. This maybe. is not an
1: urgent enough game to pitch Walker Bueller.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, I think, yeah, you. You stick, you stick with your guns. Totally, you know, Because Tony Gonsolin <laughs> hasn't been a disaster. He's just had a couple bad starts. Yeah. And the last one, he had a very short leash. Mm-hmm. Dustin May, definitely, like D- Dave Roberts definitely trusts Dustin yeah. May. He's had him out there almost every game in this World Series. All right. So, so I'm going to go with some
1: keys to the game for Tampa. First of all, score early. Because you don't know how long Gonsolin is going to be out there. You might as well get him while you have him. You know, Lau hit the first inning home run against him last time. You need something like that. You need someone to step up in the first or second inning against Gonsolin. Second of all, the Dodgers are the better team here. I don't think that's arguable. The Dodgers are a more talented team than the Rays. The reason the Rays have won two games in this, in this series is because they're timely. That's how the Rays win. They had the two big hits uh, with runners in scoring position, obviously, in game four, the Brett Phillips single and the Brandon Lau three-run home run. Uh, and guess what? The Rays—they went one for seven with runners in scoring position uh, in Game Four. Most of the t- most on Game Five. I'm sorry. Most of the time, it's not going to be a recipe for success. Although in Game Two, they went one for nine, but uh, they had a lot of home runs with guys on first, uh, things of that nature. So obviously, you need to be timely if you're the Tampa Bay Rays. That's the X factor here.
0: Yeah, exactly. you're not going to win two games in a
1: row by not hitting with runners in scoring position.
0: Yeah, because they don't have. They don't have a, a talented enough team to out dodger the Dodgers. They don't have Seeger Turner and, and Muncie in the middle of their lineup. Um they have like, you know, they have a Rosa Arena, they have Lau. Uh you need to have guys in in scoring position for them and you know, they need to execute uh on those on those situations. And, and yeah. By right. the way, I still think Raisin Seven is very much attainable. Very
1: much so, yeah. Because I know we didn't do well last time, but if Charlie Morton can come out in a game seven, assuming they win game six, of course, and give them, I don't know, like three or four, one run or less innings, that's all you really need. And then you have the whole staple. You have literally the entire pitching staff. There is not a single guy except for maybe Snell that would be unavailable in a game seven.
0: Yeah. Morton will definitely not have the same response. Like even
1: Glass now is going to be available.
0: Yeah, that's true. And he's, yeah, Charlie Morton's not going to have the same level yeah. of responsibility as you're he did Charlie- in Game 7 of last LCS or Game 3 of this World Series. All
1: Charlie Morton needs to do is locate, and that's it. That's yeah. all you need to worry about. Yeah, locate,
0: change speeds effectively, mm-hmm. uh, keep, keep them off balance. I mean, that's kind of pitching 101, but... That's all you really needs That's to all do. you need to focus on. Don't focus on your pitch count. Don't focus on how deep you are into the game. Don't focus about your strikeout numbers.
1: Just get through, like, the third or fourth yeah. inning, maybe the fifth. Allow one run or less, yeah. and you did exactly what you needed your team.
0: You've, you've got to be 100% yeah. of yourself the entire time you were out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it should be easier to do that if he's only facing, like, 15 batters. Exactly. 15 to 18 batters.
1: Mm-hmm um
0: do you got anything else uh no I'm really excited for uh I'm really excited for tomorrow I am too Um, the Dodgers are going to be home
1: for both games the home team no they're not going to be home but um yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so at least they won't lose in Dodger Stadium this year Uh, thank god but they cannot clinch in Dodger Stadium either
1: no who
0: (laughs) the Astros did clinch in Dodger Stadium yeah, the Astros.
1: Did they, was it the Dodgers like clinched the like the playoffs or something at Dodger Stadium? Oh, they clinched the uh, the wild card series at Dodger Stadium. Oh yeah. that's, yeah. True. that's true. That was that was yeah, so that was a that, that was a big series for them. Yeah. No one no one thought they would beat the mighty Milwaukee
0: Brewers at 29 and 31. And yeah. guess what? They did it. Who knew that Clayton Kershaw was going to get by orlando arcia (laughs) (laughs) who knew that jacob nottingham in the seven hole with the lineup that deep that the brewers were going to struggle yeah you got him at the seven hole i mean could you imagine but yeah we hope you enjoyed our games three four and five tyrone taylor was in that lineup (laughs) three four and five recap if you want to follow us on social media follow me at chris underscore on twitter follow daniel on Twitter and Instagram, at Daniel underscore Curran. And if you want to follow the show Instagram, follow at STBNL Podcast. And we hope to see you on Friday. Who knows? Fry, or Yeah, either, Friday? either Thursday or Friday. Wh- whenever the series will end, we'll probably do day after. Uh, either Thursday or Friday. Talking about the new World Series champions, mm-hmm. either, whether it be the Rays or the Dodgers. So we'll see you then.